got? Like a like some sort of statue behind you that you didn't. Yeah, want? man. Hey, that's right. my that's my statue of you, Nick. That's covered up that I'm gonna <laughs> unveil at the end of the it episode. Looks kind of strange. So. Yeah, I don't uh, I, I made a little technical mess up there. So before the show, we I uh, my power went out in my garage here because I was trying to boil coffee, um, and I I missed the button and didn't start the feed. So we we're now live. We weren't live before. Are you? I <laughs> hey, take everything. I know everything I said complimentary Logan. towards you. I take back. <laughs> it's a complete. Hey. Wait, what are you talking about? You mirrored him at the IPCPR. You did the same thing. He was Logan was taking down my booth with his coffee maker. Hey, first off, just because you were too cheap to upgrade to have the right sort of power to power the coffee and listen to your wound chang and ching chong crap, but I couldn't run my dang coffee machine. All right, public enema. Public enema. Public enema. Logan, let me do an introduction here so the people who are watching live can, can at least have an idea of what they're oh, watching. Yeah. Are live? We are actually live now. I can see it on the Facebooks. Um, welcome to another episode of, of Sharing Our Pairings. I almost said Cigar Chat there uh, because we've got some special guests, which we don't usually have on Sharing Our Pairings. Uh, but we're here with Nick Melillo and Logan Lawler. Uh, Nick, of course, is from Foundation Cigar Company. Um, and Logan, if... If for some reason you haven't been paying attention to Cigar Federation very closely for the last five years, uh, Logan used to be the owner and head, the uh, MF CEO of Cigar Federation, um, and he has since since yeah. sold the company and moved to his own brand new business of Lane Coffee. Um, so we're here to talk about the partnership between Nick and Logan uh, for Foundation Coffee. Um, yeah, we're here smoking the Wise Man Maduro and we're drinking some uh, some Lane coffee. Uh, we're, I'm starting with the wise man here. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going to change it up from what we did before we were actually live. I'm going to talk about my coffee first and then let you introduce, like, talk about it. Um, so I did four different coffee method kind of things. Did you really? I got crazy. Yeah. It was... Um, That's way too much work. Yeah. The moment the power went out, I was like, I messed up. I shouldn't have done all this work. Um, but I'm starting with, this is cold brew. Uh, it's about 16 hours. So cold brew is like my jam. On which uh, one? The wise man or the Teslin? Okay. The wise man. So this is a 16 hour cold brew. I just, um, if you've never made cold brew before, it's, it's insanely easy. You grind a bunch of coffee as, as coarse as you can. Uh, basically, you don't. You barely even have to measure. I mean, you can, but you really don't have to. What kind uh, of ratio do you use? I usually try to go one ounce of coffee between ten to thirteen ounces of water. Um, I've never in ounces. Actually, I, I measure my coffee in metric. Why does everybody do that? We live in America. Like, just get with the, the program. Math a little bit easier. Take for it me. easy. Take it uh, easy. But Take I do about about. America. One third by volume, so I just eyeball okay. it. Like I fill okay. up a mason jar one third with coffee grounds, fill yeah. the rest with let water, it let it rip, um, and then you just filter out the grounds, and you end up with this magic juice. So good. Uh, and then it's cold brew is crazy strong. The yeah. longer you let it sit, the stronger it is. Uh, this isn't too strong, so this is like my normal way to drink cold brew, which is about one third milk and two thirds coffee. Okay. I usually just do just a shot, just a little boop, a milk, just let it rage. It, it depends on the cold brew. Like this one, I didn't really taste. So I, I did just kind of do my, my normal two parts, one part thing, okay. but I'll taste it straight here. Just straight. Um, let's, let's hear your thoughts. I want, I want to hear just, is it going to make your top 10 coffee list? Well, I don't have a top 10 coffee list, you but should. if I did, it might actually like you mentioned lemon before and I am getting like, there's a lot of lemon in this, right? <laughs> Um, uh, my palate's a little jacked up, so I may be Logan, tasting weird stuff. Yo, sir. I, I, I hope I don't mess you guys up here, but can you give, you know, just a basic run yeah. down for novices of like brewing coffee, the different styles of brewing coffee, kind of do's and like, don'ts? Like different methods? Good idea. Yeah. I, yeah. I know, you know, cigars really well, but I, by any means don't cons you know have the experience of course uh with coffee as i do with tobacco but you know how to cut okay. a cigar how to you know just Deal. Yeah, yeah yeah 
do's and don'ts of okay i'm gonna drop about three or four things that right now if you pay attention and take good notes will take your coffee enjoyment experience from about a one to about a an eight on a 10 point scale (laughs) no i'm being dead serious i believe you yeah this is true first thing is don't buy pre-ground coffee ever for the love of god it it would be like an analogy of leaving your cigar outside of a humidor and expecting it to be good two weeks later. Like buy, go and buy a $50 grinder. I mean, I won't tell you what my grinder cost because it's way too much, but you don't need to go crazy. Get a, you know, either a Hario, like a hand grinder or buy a hundred dollar or 50 to a hundred dollar manual grinder or automatic grinder. Because once you grind the coffee, you've got, you know, matter of hours before all the aroma and the essence and the goodness of that coffee is just is going away. Next thing is that people try to get all fancy and, you know, put their coffee in these fancy, like sexy looking jars and all this kind of stuff, or they have a big hopper on top of their coffee grinder. That's not sealed. The best thing you can do is leave your whole bean coffee in somewhere that's comfortable, maybe a cabinet away from humidity in the dark. That'll make your coffee last much longer. Next thing is buy fresh roasted coffee. And that does not mean going and buying something from the grocery store with a Folgers brand on it. That's got a vacuum seal on it. That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is buying coffee that's been roasted within a couple of days, you know, a week, four days, five days, because coffee, unlike, well, cigars are perishable in a sense, but, um, Coffee is the best from the time you roast from about four days up to about, you know, 30 days. It can go longer, but that's when you're going to have the peak, the peak amount of flavor. It's kind of like wine, right? Wine. I, you, you I would re- compare it to beer. Okay. Uh, I don't, it's beer. like a hoppy beer. Okay. I mean, Logan doesn't know beer, but we talk a lot about how with a hoppy beer, the moment it's done, uh, it only gets worse. Okay. Yeah. Similar. Um, and that's kind of how coffee is like, it's got a very finite lifespan. Yep. Exactly. So try to buy fresh roasted coffee and then, but this is the biggest tip. If you didn't hear anything else that I just said, this is the absolute big one is that most people don't do this. Even trip. I already asked trip this question. If you're paying attention, he didn't say is weigh your coffee before you brew it, weigh your water and coffee, the golden ratio. And I'll just talk about drip because it's the easiest is that when you're making a drip coffee, most people say, I'm going to put in three scoops and then I just put in some water. Absolutely not. That's how like cavemen do it. We're like in the 21st century now. Go grab a scale. And what I want you to do as a test is grind one ounce of coffee by weight on a medium grind. And then in your drip coffee maker, put 17.5 ounces or 17, it doesn't matter, 17.5 ounces of water by weight in your drip coffee maker. And tell me if it does not taste better. So say the ratio, say the ratio. Again. One ounce of ounce. coffee, ground coffee by weight to 17.5 ounces of water by weight. So Nick can attest at IPCPR when I was making coffee, like I literally had scales and all types of stuff going on trying to make drip coffee. Like, and it, oh, yeah. the reason why is that if you've ever had coffee and you're like, it's bitter, right? You're like, oh my god, that's bitter. That's because the water you put, you 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 overextracted it, right? It's basically like it's a bad thing. You got too much coffee. I mean, there's a, a range that you want to be in. So if you try that coffee and you're like, wow, this isn't you know quite as strong, well, then maybe drop the ratio down to one ounce of coffee to sixteen ounces of water, and you can tweak with it. But once you find that ratio that works for you, boom. But that is the place to start, and that will. Make your co- I mean, I, it's the same thing for a Chemex. I mean, it's the same thing for a French press. Use that ratio, and your coffee enjoyment will be infinitely better. One to seventeen and a half is applicable for pretty much everything but cold brew. Like cold brew, well, you just co- need well espresso is a little is different, different. Cold brew, and then you know, but everything thing, else is pretty applicable. A thing that will surprise people is like the color of the coffee that comes out. Mm-hmm. It's not like that black ooze that you're used to drinking. Um, right. It's going to be more of like a dark amber kind of color. Yep, exactly. If you're using that kind of ratio, and that makes all the difference, man. It's all about extracting your coffee correctly. I mean, you could take the best coffee in the world, 
Not saying, you know, the foundation coffees are the best in the world, but they're pretty darn good. But you can make that wrong and people will, I mean, we even had a guy, we've even had people say, oh, this coffee's not that good. And I ask him, I say, hey, how did you make it? And then they tell me some nonsense about how they put two scoops in and, you know, just filled it up. Just telling you, use the ratio and your coffee enjoyment will be infinitely better. But this and, ratio, you came, like, how did you come to this ratio? Is this Well, it's called a thing called the internet. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm but I'm kidding. just curious, like, that, that seems to be the... the that's, you know, I mean, I've read a lot. I mean, I've read a lot, right? I mean, and that's the ratio. I mean, there's a lot of science behind it because you're trying to extract the amount of dissolved solids out of the coffee. And I've read, not papers, like scientific papers, but people who've done studies who have spectrometers and stuff who can actually read out to say, this is the starting ratio that gets you in the range. Now, some beans obviously have, you know, a lighter roast. You might have to adjust or up or down or whatever, but that's kind of where you you want to be. I mean, it's kind of like if you're fermenting tobacco, Nick, you know kind of where you want to be the starting point, but then you kind of adjust based on, you know, you're trying to do a little bit darker Maduro or you're trying to pull a little bit more sweetness or whatever, right? You can adjust it. Very similar. Yeah. I mean, that's the key is to be able to, you know, the balance exactly. of, you know, again, mm-hmm. great lead in, I guess, to the wise man Maduro was to get the body, the strength, um, you know, spice it without being overwhelming on the palate, um, not being bitter, you know, not attacking your palate in an aggressive way. So you're really able to enjoy all the flavors. Exactly. Um, and we, we've got a couple audience questions and comments about this part. Um, Bob Langmade, Bob Dog. Bob Dog! What's up, homie? How many scoops of ground coffee are usually in one ounce? And I'm going to answer that one and say it doesn't matter. It's never going to be the same. Every time you scoop, it's going to be a little different. Um, I got the scale that I used to have. I have a nicer one now, but the scale I used to have was like eight bucks on Amazon. Um, Drop like eight or ten bucks. Order a digital scale, like something like this. And it'll it'll change your life when it comes to coffee it's it's true man i mean i and plus the other thing is is that when you go with different methods of brewing right like and i'll just give you the range trip was talking about cold brew cold brew is like coarse like it's almost like little chunks of gravel as coarse as you can as get it coarse as you can get it because you want it that coarse because you're letting the coffee contact with the water for so long if you were to do a finer you would over extract the crap out of it, it would taste like junk well, on the other hand, with espresso, the water touches the coffee for 30 seconds, approximately 35 seconds. So you have to have a really fine grind to be able to extract it out, right? So the key is, is that even if you did a scoop of really coarse coffee to really fine coffee, it's going to be completely different. So just get out your scale or you can just go, if you want to go high class, go out and get a really awesome uh, dose grinder that actually has a built-in scale on it and will tell Ooh. you how long you need to do it like mm-hmm. I do, and it, it really simplifies things. Fancy how pants. Much huh? How much is that grinder? Yeah. Uh, well, should I say? I mean, it's about 250 well, bucks. That's not, I mean, that's that's coming out in a minute. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, but you can go way higher. I mean, there's grinders in the thousands. Well, and speaking of grinders, there's actually the next audience comment that I wanted to talk about. Don't use a blade grinder for the love of God. John yeah. Aiken says he just upgraded to a burr grinder from a blade grinder, and it makes a difference. Yes, it and, does. I mean, I did that years ago, and it's it's an unbelievable difference. Like you wouldn't, you know, it's it's just like having a scale. It changes the way you think about coffee. Kind yeah, of. well, absolutely. A blade grinder is a blade. It's like a mixer. It's like a yeah. whirly bird. It does not control how you grind it. And if you look at it, you've got some really big pieces, some really small pieces. A burr grinder actually uses conconical medical or conconical uh, uh, metal burrs that are actually designed to spin like this, so it actually precisely grinds your coffee. The yeah, and when you're be, when you're adjusting it, you're moving those closer together, exactly. so you're getting a very specific grind size. Exactly. And I mean, the analogy I would use blade grinder versus, you know, a burr or a, 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 a blade versus burr grinder is, you know, those really crappy plastic cutters with a single blade that you get, like in a cigar events, that's a burr grinder. A Zycar is, or that's a blade grinder. A Zycar cutter is a burr grinder. Just think about cutting your cigar. That's the difference. Yeah. That's, I mean, I would even go further than that. Like a blade grinder is kind of like using scissors on a cigar. Like, not cigar scissors, just regular, like, yeah, yeah. 
your daughter's scissors for cutting paper. Like it's just, it's not built to do that job well at all. And they're not expensive, right? They're really not. A proper burr grinder is not that expensive. You can get a nice ceramic one for probably 40 bucks and that's the Hario. It's the hand grinder. I use that one all the time. Yeah. It's a good grinder. All right. So now that we've gone through coffee school, um, we're going to take one quick break and then we'll be back to talk about the uh, wise man coffee. Okay. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. Yeah. All right, and we're back. Um, so before we talk about the the coffees we're drinking tonight a little bit more, um, we're actually going to go over some different brewing methods. So I've used tonight. Um, I I already talked about the cold brew a little bit. Um, then I also used uh, two different pour over methods that are pretty much the same. What Chemex and Ahario? Um, no, V60. I actually used a uh, uh, what is the name? The one use where it's it. got like a V shape, the Melita. Yeah, okay. Um, so I used the Melita, which is also known as Bee House. Okay. Um, and then I used a basically a metal knockoff of a uh, a Chemex. Okay. So that is this thing here. You use the cozy cone. Oh, sure. nice. Um, and then the last method I used was my mocha pot. Man, mocha pots stump me. I know I you can figure them out. Huh? I dude, I've got all types of coffee gear. The only thing I don't have. Brew method wise is I don't have a um, an ibrick for Turkish coffee just because oh, when I'm going to get well. one now because I've got a grinder that can grind because that's like the finest grind. I mean, it's literally oh, like it's insanely powder, fine, like yeah. talcum powder, but I have a grinder that can do it now. And so I'm going to get one of those. And then the only other one that I don't have, uh, actually, I have a, I have a Technovorm. I've got a siphon. Yeah, I've got every other brew method except for I cannot get a mocha pot to work. Like, I always screw it up. Coffee's All right. Well, well, let's talk about some different methods, and then I'll talk about mocha pots, because I'm pretty good yeah, at that one. About it. You talk about that one. I don't care. Yeah. You want me to start with mocha pots? You I figured we start with, like, drip. Um, let's start so, with the most common being drip. Dude, you're the Yeah, best. go for it. Thank I mean, so much. drip is what I would say probably 90% of the people use, right? Like a Mr. Coffee or whatever. I mean, a drip pot is the most simple form, and that's really an example of the the ratio right that we were that i was talking about that's the you know the one ounce of coffee grounds to 17.5 ounces of water i mean the other key thing is try to use filtered water if you can um if it's possible i mean if you can't whatever but try to use filtered water um but yeah i mean drip is like kind of in the middle right where depending on it really kind of affects kind of the the body and clarity of a coffee right like for example with the cold brew like I'll give you an example is like you take a like a let's do like the tabernacle right it's a real it's from Ethiopia it's from the Harar region it's very fruity it's very acidic it's very bright well if you brew that in a cold brew uh, because of the extraction you actually lose a lot of that acidity and you kind of see more kind of the flavor where on the opposite side if you're doing a like an espresso with it which i wouldn't recommend with a straight harar that would just be bananas but basically all you're doing is getting a shot of like really acidic coffee so drip is a place where if you want to see kind of a balance of the acidity body and flavor the drip is right where you want to be it's very middle of the road right like i would consider it not a connecticut it's not a full body but it's a nice medium medium plus cigar in body and strength it's right in the what else you want to talk about drips, man? Like, I don't know. Do you want me to go in how you plug them in or what, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need to talk too much more about drips. I mean, most people know how drip works. Um, why don't you talk about pour over a little bit? Pour over is my favorite method. It's kind of the, I think, the purest kind of method of making drip style coffee. It's the purest method, but it's also the biggest pain in the butt, I think. Yeah. It's such a pain because you're going to have to have a, a kettle, like a gooseneck kettle that 
you actually can know the temperature of the coffee that you're having. So you can't get really a very, a super cheap one. You're like, you're not going to get like your mama's teapot that would go whoop when it got so hot. You don't want one of those, but I mean, there's a lot of different ones, right? There's the Chemex, which is glass that uses the paper filters. I mean, you've got, like you were saying, you've got a Hario, which is kind of a ceramic that uses a, a filter as well. You've got the cozy cone that trips using. I mean, there's a lot of different styles, but it's very similar to a drip, but it's instead kind of, of it being style. Yeah, exactly. It, but I'm instead of it being all over myself, Instead of it being, you know, you put the grind, the grounds in, just let it rip. It's literally, I mean, I'll tell you, I use my Chemex. Um, you know, you put in your one ounce of coffee. You'll take your approximately 195 degree water, your goose neck it in the filter, and you basically let it bloom, which you put about, for example, if you have an ounce of coffee, I usually put in about, you know, about an ounce worth of water. And you have to put the Chemex on the scale so you know how much water you're putting in the pot. That's very important. So, and it blooms. Basically what that does is that fresh roasted coffee, you know, it's fresh when you do that, it'll bloom. Like, it's like, basically think of like rising dough bread, right? Like it'll yeah. come up, there'll be bubbles. That's yeah. how you know it's fresh. Cause that's basically the coffee off gassing carbon dioxide, which actually makes coffee taste like crap. So that's why you want to do that. And then you just, you know, from then pour in the rest of your water and just let it drip and it just drips down and it works well. I mean, uh, I mean, I like my Chemex. I don't use it a lot just because, I don't know, I'm kind of an espresso guy now and a French press guy, but um, it, it's a good method. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to throw away the filter. It's easy cleanup. And I, I think pour overs for specifically with Nick's coffee, so the foundation coffees. I mean, you can, I mean, the Nicaragua, you can really use it in any brew method you want. I mean, I think it's pretty yeah. versatile, but definitely the Tabernacle is the best in a pour over style, Chemex, Hario or whatever whatever you like because it really brings out a lot of the the fruity flavors and the acidity as well yeah that's and what about i mean everybody knows what espresso is kind of right i would i would hope so espresso like it's hard it is hard to make a good espresso and don't kid yourself and i'm not trying to be a jerk but if if your machine oh first of all people think i'm gonna go out and buy a thousand dollar espresso machine Okay, that's cool, but if you don't go buy a $500 grinder, then yeah. it, you might as well <laughs> throw away that 1000 I mean, it's pointless. Like, it's actually more important to have a good grinder, like, because that espresso is so finicky. I mean, I'll give you an example, is that I was doing some espresso testing today for Lane, and then I also had the test blend that we can talk about later for Nick for maybe an upcoming coffee release, I don't know. And we can talk about, maybe Nick will talk about it if he's paying attention, but he's not. And, uh... I was using that and on that grinder, literally, I mean, you would think it tells me, you know, the average range for espresso, you start at 20. Well, dude, when I was pulling pretty decent shots of the Nicaragua, it was more like 24, but then the, the stuff that I was doing, the test blend, which is a, a dark roast, but I won't tell you what it is yet, but I mean, it was down on 16. So it is wow. completely crazy in terms of how finicky it is, but it's one of those things if you do it right and I, I mean, I've heard people call it this and I'll call it myself, but you pull a God shot where you take it and you're like, holy, but Jesus, this thing is delicious. I think coffee's is best in espresso if you can do it right. But it, yeah. and the window to do it right is so small. It's like entering and, the atmosphere on the, you know, the challenger. Like you have a very with small, the, bouncing it off. With the grinder thing, like if you use a blade grinder, God forbid, or even like a $50 Burr grinder, hundred dollar burr grinder. No it. matter what kind of espresso machine you're using, it's you're it's not going to be optimal. Nope. Um, but you can get a really good shot of espresso out of like a hundred dollar espresso machine if you've got a good enough grinder. Yeah, the machine. Yeah, I mean the the machine. I mean, I well, I have a five hundred dollar espresso machine, but but it's you not. just get bells and whistles. Like you get the double <laughs> broiler, right? You get like bells and whistles. But you have a couple hundred dollar espresso machine and have a two hundred dollar grinder, you'll be doing all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'll talk about the mocha pot since yeah, uh, I just don't know how to use it. Not good. So I mocha realized pots, that mocha is uh, I call your it favorite. bialetti. Yeah, yeah, bialetti. Yeah. A bialetti mocha. That's what, um, that's what I use. They come in 150 different sizes. They're generally made in Italy. This is a what they call a three cup, which makes this much coffee. I would guess I it's like visuals. Maybe four ounces. Okay. Um, so, I mean, a mocha pot cannot be easier to use. You grind That's it. not true. Very fine, but not the finest it'll, it'll go. 
Um, like you, you want almost an espresso grind, but maybe not quite. Um, and you can see that it does end up looking kind of like Turkish coffee. Um, so I think, I mean, if you went further than espresso grind, it might work. This is just as, as fine as mine goes. You fill the little basket up to the brim. I'm not going to take it apart, but there's a little basket in here. Uh, that's got like a spigot that sticks down. You fill the bottom with water up to here. This is a little valve that pops open so it doesn't explode if you pack it too much. Uh, you just fill the little basket with coffee. You don't press it down. Screw the top on, stick it on the stove. And then as soon as it starts coming up, like you'll see it bubbling up inside of here um, and kind of filling up this carafe in the top. As soon as you see that start happening, you turn the heat down a little bit. And then once you hear it kind of like, petering out yeah sputtering you just take it right off and pour it um it's the most complicated thing ever it's so easy and it makes like a fake espresso like in italy they call it espresso it's really not espresso no it's not uh, but it's kind of like a fake espresso where it's as strong as espresso but it's a little grittier um you end up with kind of that silt in the bottom of the cup uh which i kind of love yeah i kind of like that Uh, um it's just part of the charm of of the mocha pot method. I don't know how you could call that very dead. I just think it's, I don't know. I just can't ever so, get it to work. Like, you know, because everyone in the cigar industry why? drinks because Cuban you, coffee. So I tried to mess with it, but dude, right. I'd boil it over. I'd have like hot coffee shooting out the top like a like a <laughs> rocket. Like, it's just a mess, man. That just means it's too hot, man. It's, and it's not, I can't, that's the problem is that I think the reason that I struggle with it is that like, with my espresso machine and all these others, I'm using scales and I've got it down to a science, right? Yeah. With a mocha pot, there's really not a lot of science to it. No, there's like, no science. I mean, it's no science and you can't really control the heat okay. or how fast it goes up. And that's what I don't like about it. You have to use the full force. That. You know, you got to put the shield, your shield, you know, the, 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 exactly. goes the up, welding mass the down, force. the welding mass down. Exactly. He's turned off his def- deflector shields. Or Dude, like I'm telling you, mocha pot is dangerous. But I will say is that if you can make a good mocha pot, a, a t- go ahead. And- you know, and you get the old, you know, great grandmas, and you know they they've been doing it for a long time. They can make a hell of a hell of a cup of coffee. Like you said, it's a little bit stronger than your than your average cup, and a little grittier, but a little more bitter. Tasty. It's like yeah, it's, it's kind of like espresso. That's bitter. not. It doesn't have that like that foam. It uh, that and that creamy element to that espresso has, but it's kind of got that like extra strong, gritty, extra bitter flavor that you get from espresso. I really like it, and they're cheap. They're like, like I think bucks. I paid like twelve bucks for this thing, um, and they, really. they're made out of solid aluminum, and they last forever. I uh, broke like one Nick in was like saying, three months. How? I mean, like Nick was saying, the handle like, burned people, off. Get them hand-me-downs, like, from their The handle literally popped It'll... off, and I spilled coffee all over my counter. My well, be, yeah. way, you let it get way too hot, dog. I burned. Like, so the, this top part should never get hot enough that it's going to burn you. Oh. Like, the only time it should yeah. really get hot is when there's coffee in it. It should never heat up from the stove, oh. uh, which is your problem. You let it heat up through the entire thing, and it man, melts your handle. Pretty sweet gas range. I can't help it, man. And, to be fair, those handles are made out of Bakelite which is really good for heat resistance. Well, I broke it off because it was too hot. Let's just say that. (laughs) Next time I'm in Texas, I'm going to teach you. When you're down, dude, I've got the coffee set up, man. You come down. (laughs) All right, so now we've gone through kind of all the different methods. Let's get on to talking about the coffee. So like I said before, I'm drinking the – I've got the cold brew here, um, and then I've got the pour-over of the Wiseman. So let's talk about the Wiseman. Okay, so it's single origin from Malagapa. It is – Probably, if you were going to buy a coffee uh, from Foundation Coffee, it's the most versatile. You can do espresso. You can do cold brew. It'll work in pour over. It'll work in drip. It's just a very, very, very versatile coffee. Um, it's roasted to about a you know little past, I'd say a medium, uh, a little bit past first cracks. And it's just got a nice kind of citric acidity, a little bit of caramel. Mm-hmm. It's just smooth sweet it's kind of got a little creamy body which works well for espresso frankly man it's a very very good coffee that anyone can enjoy i think what do you think of it dennis i know you're you're drinking it over there and you haven't you barely talked this entire episode so uh all right so my brew method for for the wise man was actually chemex 
And I went for, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 25 grams of coffee to 350 grams of water. Grams. Yeah, grams. Not sure how many ounces that is. But that's uh, that's so th- very that's, strong. That's what I have in this cup. Okay. And so it's, it's pretty strong. I figured um, I want it. Usually I drink a little bit stronger coffee. I like it. I think it's really accessible. I feel like if I put this into the drip, I would have enjoyed it the same as if I put it into the AeroPress. If I used a mocha pot, it would have been exactly the same in terms of my enjoyment of it, in terms of the, the flavor profile. And actually, I didn't expect it to be Nicaraguan. I was really surprised with that, pleasantly surprised. Very atypical Nicaraguan. Yes, Most Nicaraguans, absolutely. they just roast the piss out of them. They're yeah, growing yeah. a pie, and they just yeah. they roast the piss out of them because they're dark roasted. Nobody cares, right? But if you can find a Nicaraguan that you can do medium, it's a good Nicaraguan. We didn't we didn't go skinny. We didn't go chintzy with foundation coffee. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no expense was spared. Got to get the good stuff. We have to get the good stuff. So that's the that's the Nicaraguan. I would say that you know with and the idea with each coffee, right? Because there's the the wise man, there's the tabernacle, there's the upsetters, and the all in. Other than the all in, the rest of them were designed to be paired with, but accentuate, really accentuate the experience um, of the cigars they represented, right? And they try to tie back in, right? So, for example, the Wise Man original, this is before the Wise Man Maduro technically came out, but the yeah. Wise Man Maduro, or the Wise, the original Wise Man, you know, Nicaraguan Puro, this is all Nicaraguan, right? The Tabernacle, the whole thing behind it is, you know, Ethiopia, Holly Selassie, et cetera, et cetera. And boom, that's it's an Ethiopian from Harar, basically the cradle of civilization. Which right? is interesting. The Ethiopian actually is the Harar region is where Haile um, Selassie on the box of Tabernacle was born. So I thought that was a good. Uh, it was a good fit correlation. It is, and, and of course, you know, coffee. Ethiopian Ethiopian coffee is fantastic. Yes. I'll tell you though, it's, it's expensive. Uh, it's a pain to roast too. It's my least favorite to roast. I'll say that. Yeah, it's the origins of coffee. You know, it is. Uh, so it's it's interesting that from there it sort of uh, you know entered the Arab world and you know Red Sea, Mediterranean, and that the priest would actually use it to you know stay up at night and actually pray, um, which is sort of uh, initially, but initially it was the goats. The goat herder, you know, man. The goat herder. And you would notice the goats eating the berry bushes, and they would call them the laughing goats because they would sort of get a little spastic right. after eating these berry bushes. And I think it, it sort of developed into a porridge kind of stew. And then it was. eventually the beans started to be extracted, roasted, and uh, which is interesting. You know, I'm here in Connecticut. There's a local Ethiopian restaurant um, on the Yale University campus. Um, it's pretty traditional. If you go to super traditional um, Ethiopian restaurants, they usually uh, bring out coffee as like a ceremony with frankincense and myrrh burning. Um, oh, wow. That's, the coffee. that's pretty cool. It's quite an experience. And Logan, you should actually check out the way they brew, you know, the traditional um, pots that they use. And to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure how they're, they're roasting. It's more the it's copper, right? Really it's like the good. copper. The copper little things. It's more like Yemenis, right? They come out in little copper pots. Is that what you're talking about? Um, from what I've seen, they're you know, like I, I clay ones, actually. Okay. Is um, Yeah, the ones that I've seen, the real traditional ones that I've seen, um, um, a lot of them are, are, are clay. Okay. Um, the whole dining experience, you know, a lot of people think till this day it's ingrained in our minds, you know, just Ethiopia and you hear, you know, food and, um, you know, people immediately think about starvation and, um, mm-hmm. you know, what happened in Ethiopia post um, 1974, you know, post-1974 is what pretty much everybody knows about Ethiopia, especially yeah. our generation, whereas if you yeah, speak anybody before our generation, your parents, grandparents, you know, many of them know Haile Selassie, which is on the box, and know a different history of Ethiopia. But after 1974, there was a great famine. Um, the communists took over, and things got got really bad. But um, if you never had a chance to eat Ethiopian, I, I highly recommend it because it's uh, food is delicious. Um, mm-hmm. Everything's served out of the same plate, and then the coffee ceremony is a is a really nice treat at the end of the meal. Like it's it's a special 
coffee is highly sacred amongst the Ethiopian culture. So, and it's if you like strong coffee, stuff is muddy. <laughs> I've never drank, drink, you know, like the coffee in the, the Middle East and Yemen, and you know, I hear like Turkey and stuff. That this stuff is really, you know, it's muddy dense. and it's dense and thick and yeah, dense. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically like an, you grind it up. The, the grind is so fine that you basically are drinking a solution of water and coffee. It's kind of like instant coffee that doesn't yeah. necessarily dissolve all the way. It's kind of what it is. Which is which is sort of like when I was talking about mocha pot. It's almost how mocha pot works. Kind of, not quite. Yeah. Um, we actually have a viewer question that I forgot you know, to get I, to. I, I ended we, up seeing a sorry, sorry, Nick. I'm getting off in tangents. And I'm sort of, I said I'm sorry. I'm getting off in tangents, and I'm sort of eating as I'm. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day, so I'm sneaking here. All right, you you eat a um, little bit while Logan answers this question. Okay. Rage um, Bob. Harley Holmes wants to know. Hello. Uh, what's the difference between using cold water and hot water? His grandma always made them use cold water whenever they made her tea. Is there a difference? Like I don't know. I don't know a lot about tea. I mean. Well, I but- I mean. If, when you're boiling water, is it better to start with hot or start with cold? I mean, I've um, always just used whatever comes out of it's always been cold because it's always filtered, right? I don't, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know. That's a great question. The only thing I actually I would, know the answer. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> you can say it. The only reason right. I would say not to do hot water is That's because some of the stuff that you're, especially in your, if you have high end equipment like, you know, the Bonavita that I use, you're not going to want to put hot water into that machine. Because the reservoir is plastic, and I mean that's the reason I would say no. But I don't know if scientifically there's a reason not to, other than you might be over extracting it to begin with. Um, so there's not a scientific reason. Um, I also always start with cold water simply because that's what comes out of my fridge from the filter. Right. right. Um, the reason that uh, previous generations always use cold water is because hot water going through the pipes. The hot water pipes tended to be more uh, uh, like the copper pipes and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Ah, So they would actually, uh, chemicals and heavy metals and stuff would seep out into the hot water, um, but not in the cold water. So the hot water pipes um, were not quite poisonous, but they weren't the water. They weren't like Flint, Michigan high. They weren't Flint, Michigan bad. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't Flint, Michigan. Um, but the water that was coming out of the cold pipes was more pure than the water. It was cleaner. And that's the idea. You want to have the cleanest water you can with the least amount of purity. So that makes total sense. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, there was like, that was on Mythbusters or something where they like tested how long it takes to boil cold water compared to hot water or something like that. And that was the explanation that they gave. Interesting. Um, so I've been drinking, I, I mean, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I've been drinking. I'm like How about filling up ice cube trays. <clears throat> filling up ice cube trays? Well, that was oh, that I was, do that. I used to do that. Hot water, or cold water. Oh, cold water, always. No, I think warm water. They don't. Did you always use warm water? Oh, I don't know. I don't know why. Because the steam comes off of them and like creates like a barrier or something, so they don't uh, stick together. I don't know, but back in the day, my roommate would say I I would always use cold water, and the ice cubes would stick to the plastic ice tray all the time like it wouldn't okay. it wouldn't come out clean and whenever you used warm water it was never an issue huh i don't know maybe oh. there's something with the molecular density of it when it's warm or something i have no idea never looked it up either science oh here That's we go interesting victor luca luca torto says the he's in in the facebook comments this isn't a scientist that i'm reading his hey Vic, what's happening uh, he says that hot water is stored obviously in your hot water tank and the warmth pulls metals from the tank into the water. Yeah. Um, Unless you have a tankless course, water heater, son, like me. I mean, then it's pulling metals from your tankless water heater from all those copper pipes that are weaving out through that. That's probably true. probably true. And, and Bob Langmade says the chemicals are how you get n- unique flavors. That's how you get, that's, <laughs> that's the sauce, man. That's the secret so sauce. I, I actually thought when you mentioned, um, Ice cubes. I thought you meant like leftover coffee put into an ice cube tray and then do that. have like coffee ice. Cause I, I do that all the time. People do that. I mean, I think yeah, I, I never yeah. have leftover coffee. Well, that's that true. sounds great. That, actually, That's true. It's not a bad idea. The only, the thing I would say is that, and this is a tip for everyone is that I like, I mean, I don't, I mean, I drink espresso, right. And I'll drink my French press and I'll drink a lot of different stuff, but I'd say it's a good mix between hot and, you know, cold brew. But I, 
I mean, it gets so hot here in Austin most of the time, it's cold, right? Like, where I want to drink something cold, not something yeah. hot, except for now when it's freezing. But one thing I've noticed is that, like, if you take drip coffee, if you were to, you can't reheat, like, a drip coffee, right? Uh-huh. Like, you just can't do it. But with cold brew, you could actually heat yeah. that up, and you're not messing yeah. it up. So I would tell you, as if you were going to do that, I would cold brew a big batch and then put it in ice cubes because then you have the option of whether you want to warm it up and what you can do, or you can drink it cold, but that'd be just my suggestion. Good call. I know it. Um, I'm full of useless knowledge. So I've been drinking this one from mocha pot. I really like this, this, uh, coffee. I think I would hazard a guess. Is this the coffee that's meant to go with the wise man Maduro? Is that the test blend? Yeah. Cause that's well, what it makes me think of. Like it, it well, it's got like that rich chocolatiness that yep, goes really well with the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me just say this. I'll let Nick do all the talking because it's his company and all that. I'm just the monkey behind the scenes with the roaster over my shoulder with the blanket on it, just doing his bidding. But we have been playing around with some blends, obviously. You know, coffee is not restricted like the FDA. Uh, so we can come up with cool stuff. And we're going to do some cool things this year. Uh, but I'll let Nick, because nothing's final yet. We're still still playing around but i'll let nick talk about the blend i sent them nick it was the number hold on let me get out my blend sheet here what are you talking about the the uh i sent them the wise man and then i sent them the uh the dark roast blend that we were working on it was the number four from i don't want to say what country yeah and the number one no. The number one, I didn't send them number one. because. But you drank, remember, you drank number one and said, I like number one. <laughs> then you tried number four, and I said, you're going to like number four, and you did. So I sent them number four. It's not Guatemala, is it? No, it's not. Wrong <laughs> continent, brother. Sit right, hemisphere, right hemisphere. Okay. But um, wrong, actually, wrong I mean, I'll let you talk about that blend. I mean, I mean, I mean, how much do you want me to tell? Because um, we, I mean, I don't. Not too we, much. I won't, okay. Just tease it. <laughs> you so, know, I would love to hear their feedback on to, well, as to what you know. What do you they, think? No, no BS. What do you think of the coffee? First off, Trip, I like you it. Said, you like I, it. You said I, I'm not typically or... a fan of dark roasts, um, but I think this one's pretty good. It's got a good sweetness, and it's not um, even with the mocha pot. It's not super overly bitter. It's got like a more sweet chocolatey kind of. That's kind feel of. To it. Sorry to. That's kind of where I was at. Okay. What about you, Dennis? Okay. So I'm just taking a couple of sips of it now. Um, I had it when it was hot, and I'm in my basement, so it's pretty cold down here. And it's actually basically ice cold right now in my cup. Um, and you know what? I have to say cold and hot. It tastes really good. Um, the body on it is probably the thing that that gets me the most. It's not overpowering. It has some body. It's one of those coffees like I can, I can brew it in the morning, and I'm good to go. I don't have to really think about it too much. And it, it does have a lot of that chocolate. And I also noticed what I like for me – I use a hand grinder. So beans that are super hard, I can't stand. They, they're a pain in the ass, right? Yeah. These beans are really nice and soft, easy to grind. They are. They are very and, nice. And even if I had a really crappy grinder, I could still get a good grind out of it. That's true. So, yeah, it's um, it's a coffee without divulging everything, but it, it is. You guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's a, it's a coffee from Africa, and but it's very un-African-like. Most African coffees, right, you roast light you know, like mm-hmm. Ethiopians, Kenyans, and they're usually very lower, lower in body, but higher in acidity and more like yeah. fruit and floral. This is like the antithesis of that. Yeah. This is like almost like a Sumatra. It's like very low in acidity, higher in body. And it's got that like chocolate figgy. It's creamy. The beans are just like fat daddy beans that just roast beautifully. And I, what I drink, what I was drinking before, but I already drank it. Dude, I've been rocking it as an espresso, like out of the machine, and it's just, man, it's just sexy. It's just good. It's just good. <laughs> and one of the reasons we're looking at, or well, Nick is looking at doing another coffee, and I'm just, like I said, the monkey behind the scenes, is that, and I didn't really think about this, but all the current blends are all medium roast, right? The, the Wise Man, the you know, the Tabernacles a medium, the All Ends a medium, and I would say the the upsetters is kind of a light to medium because it uses uh, mm. Jamaican Blue Mountain and a Blue Mountain varietal from Papua New Guinea. But long story short is that uh, nothing in the dark roast. And the only feedback, and we've gotten great feedback from people, right? But the only feedback has been like, hey, I drink really dark coffee. And this coffee's good, but I like dark roasted coffee. So this is kind of the answer for that. 
but also still good specialty, sustainable co-op, you know, Ravenforest Alliance, all that good, fuzzy, warm tree hugging stuff <laughs> that people from Connecticut like Nick like, but which is dark important, which is important, you know, because it is interesting. You know, I did see a very extensive documentary on, um, you know, this instant market of coffee. And mm-hmm. what I didn't realize, you know, um, is that Viet- Vietnam is one of the biggest coffee producers yep. in the world. And wow. The document, nobody really Robusta. knows because it's it's all the, the coffee. They're one of the biggest producers for instant coffee. So it a is. lot of the stuff that you're seeing in instant coffee, and it's just terrible quality it coffee. Is. And what they're doing to grow this coffee is really messing up the local economies and and like people are just going in and and clear cutting you know beautiful pristine areas to to grow these terrible coffee you know they show people going to market and they had bags with stones in them and you oh, know yeah. oh, jesus it's like, it's wow. like the worst but they're doing volume you know because yep. there's so many yeah. people the labor costs are nothing nope. so um that was pretty interesting to see because I had never heard Vietnam as coffee uh, producer, yes. and it being the largest, one of the largest. No, it's I the. Know. I think it's like but behind the Brazil and Colombia, but for robusta, it's the highest, right? I mean, that's another thing is that there's really two main strains of coffee, right? There's camphora, uh, which is robusta, and then there's uh, arabica typica which is most of what you drink. So when you hear it's 100% Arabica, that's all Lane Coffee, that's all Tabernacle, I mean, all of Nick's Foundation Coffees. Most of the specialty coffee that you get that doesn't cost $2 is Arabica. Because to, it's, to put it in cigar terms, Arabica is kind of like long filler. Yeah. Like in, in the marketing sense. Yeah, Arabica is long filler. And then, you know, well, I would actually go less than that. I would say is that Arabica is like, a triple a grade lajero or viso where like camphora robusta is like the velado that's like touching the ground that's got mm-hmm. holes in it like you know it's from the same plant okay. it's in, yeah. in essence it just i mean robusta first of all i wish i, I should have brought some beans to show you arabica beans are more kind of like elongated like you guys probably have never drank robusta in your life which hopefully you haven't uh, these beans are round and they're super dense. And like for me to roast them, I got to like, I mean, I'm up around 800 degrees in the roaster to get these things to rock. Like, oh, wow. and the difference between Arabica and Robusta is Arabica has taller plants and they're not, Arabica is not as resistant to disease. So that's why a lot of these places like Vietnam and Brazil and others have said, Hey, we want a disease-resistant plant, and they've bred that plant to be disease-resistant so they can get volumes. But Arabica, on the other hand, can get you know coffee rust and all these other diseases, but it tastes way better. So in that way, it commands a much higher price, right? So mm-hmm. Robusta, literally, I'm not even joking with you. When I'm roasting some stuff, and I roast stuff from Vietnam and other places, and it smells like burning tires, like I'm, I'm not even messing with. It. I'm being. That dead sounds serious. delicious. It's burning rubber tires, and when you taste it, that's what they do with instant coffee. Is they just roast it to the point where it's just like nothing, and then you just grind it up. And the other thing is, robusta is about three x as strong in caffeine as mm. arabica. So if you were to drink the coffee that Lane Coffee does called Mainline, like trip you can talk about it. It it actually has. A ton of robusta in it, but it's actually organic robusta from an island that you would never think of. Try to I'll tell you, it's Madagascar. That's where they get all the good. Really, I swear to God, down in Madagascar they grow the best robusta. Uh, But anyways, that uh, is really high in caffeine. So if you see a high caffeine blend like you know Death Wish or others, that's usually what they're using. These guys, yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's a little bit about coffee uh, varietals. Um, so Harley Holmes has a coffee question that I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know if you'll know the answer either. Uh, how is decaf coffee made? Uh, I'll tell you, there's two ways. There's a chemical process. They use malathraxin deronicide or however the heck you pronounce it. And basically what they do is they put the, there's two ways. There's the bad way and the good way. The bad way is, and I sell some of the bad stuff, but only one of them is they put this chemical in and it basically is not good for you. And it leaches out all of the all of the caffeine and 
makes it evaporate. And if you were to take that coffee and just grind it up without it being roasted, it would hurt you real bad. But once you roast it, all that bad stuff burns off. That's one way. The other way is called <laughs> the water process, which there's two different ways they do it. It would they hurt you real bad. It, no, it will hurt you <laughs> real bad. Like It's like stuff they poison rats with. Like It's like no joke. Wow. It's bad right. news. It's not good. So Don't the other way, the other way that they do it, which is the better way, but obviously more expensive, is it's called the water process. Uh, and there's the Swiss water process, and there's the mountain water process, which both those are the exact same, really. Just one's done in Canada, and one's done down in Mexico, so they just have different names. But really, what they do is they take water. I mean, the very simplistic Logan version, without seeing it firsthand, is they basically take the water and somehow use like vibrations and shit to get the caffeine out into the water. So it leaves the bean without caffeine, without affecting it. And basically they kind of like dry the bean out a little bit and it pulls out all the caffeine. So you basically have caffeinated water, which then they can use that caffeinated water and they resell it for different things. And it leaves the bean without it. So when you get the beans before they're roasted, they're all shriveled up. And then as you roast them, they get bigger and actually look normal. Interesting. It's Uh, dude. It's yucky. So with that process, I know I, I used to buy when I was in high school and I was obsessed with figuring out the way to get the most caffeine. I used to buy caffeine powder that was oh, basically yeah. they boiled down that caffeinated water. More or less, yeah. Um, and that's exactly. that's where most pure caffeine extract kind of stuff comes from, um, which is interesting. Like that's what they had to, you know, Red Bull and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, it's it's savage stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know, man. If you're going to it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Hey, Dickie, what are we doing, Joe? If you're going to go for it, man, just go for it and drink real coffee. That's what I say. Um, I mean, I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever even had, like, decaf in my house. I can't say that I ever have either. Because what's the point? It's like, you know, I'm going to violate, you know, it's like trying to jerk it and not going all the way, man. It's just pointless. <laughs> it's pointless. It's pointless. Come on, Logan. It's pointless. Why even try? Like, you know? Anyway, you, you, you should write a uh, for coffee. You should write a like a uh, Ryan Heights book, but for coffee, you could oh, be the man. guy. Uh, I could be the guy. I could be the guy. <laughs> but Lane Coffee, that, it's classy. It's a classy establishment, ran by an unclassy some, dude. Some people yeah. can't caffeine, man. Some people are already naturally uh, hyped up. Yeah, I've actually known a couple people like that. That like, like any that. amount of caffeine they can't deal with. Yeah, their heart is like you know it's already going and they're. Blood's already, they're on a whole different wavelength. Yeah. They put bean in, they're like jumping out of their skin. I feel that's like kind of how Jonathan would be, because he's already kind of always amped up, and then you give him yeah. caffeine. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You put in a lot of caffeine, it's like they're going to be shooting off to the moon. It's putting gas on a fire, man. <laughs> putting gas on a fire. But yeah, so anyways, I'm glad you guys like that blend. So, I mean, TBD on what comes next, but. Looking at a dark roast option, but then also looking at, I don't know if Nick wants me to tell, but the other thing that's been requested has been, you know, because obviously cigar industry, people have been requesting Cuban coffee, doing a Cuban coffee style. Oh, nice. So, not that that's going to happen, but who knows? Giddy up. Yeah, giddy up. Exactly. But I don't know, Nick, talk about what we're thinking, because right now all the coffee sold purely in B&M's. It's not sold online through Lane Coffee. Well, that that was going to be my next question is like, where can people watching get coffee from Um, foundation? Well, right now, um, and we really need to start expanding now because we're getting kind of bombarded, um, (laughs) with people wanting to, you know, purchase. So we, we, you know, really support the B and M's and, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, coffee drinking, of course happening in local cigar shops. So that was the first point, um, you know, of contact. So now, um, now it's time to sort of make it more widely available. It's true. Cause so hopefully Logan, we're going to be able to expand a little bit this year. Hey man, I'm happy where we're at, man. I like the low and slow and then just out of nowhere you go, bam, and you just hit yeah, them. You're, you're going to start to see too is, is our foundation events. Like I'll be in Florida next week doing events. So Mm -hmm. you're going to start seeing, um, you know, cutting lights with coffee and, and foundation cigars and nice coffee to be more a part of really the whole experience. Um, you know, at foundation events, particularly, um, it's just, it's just a great pairing, especially for, you know, events. So I'm not a huge drinker myself. So 
I'm always, you know, coffee and a cigar for me is 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 heaven. So. Yep. I think me, that's how a lot of us are. We're gonna keep rocking. For me, it's so, been. And I, I know. I think you know. If we're excited to, you know, if you, see, if you see the portfolio, you know, foundation cigars. You know, I really worked hard on really coming out with blends and brands that really hit a wide spectrum um, mm-hmm. to appeal to all the different consumers' palates and consumers on the market. You know, from you know heavier cigars, Rolls Royces, High Clear Castle. We have Charter Oak for the everyday. We even have an infused cigar, you know, Wise Man Maduro, the Tabernacle. Um, so I really want to also do that with the coffee and appeal, hence the, you know, working on darker roasts, the Cuban styles, and, um, you know, something for everybody. Everybody's got different likes and, and dislikes, and their tastes change and evolve. And um, so it's just about, you know, offering a good uh, variety of products for people. It's true. Right and on. I, I think Nick probably hates me because I come up with all these crazy ideas. And then Nick's like, no, Logan, we cannot do that. Because <laughs> the problem is, is it's like trying to, and that's the thing I'm scared about, right? Because this is it's not meant to be rude, but like a lot of the people in the coffee world haven't been exposed, or in the cigar world, haven't been exposed to, you know, specialty high-end coffee, right? Yeah. Are you drinking other stuff? So it's like they see the the bags, the price, which they're still not that expensive, but they see it and they're like, wow, my other coffee's cheaper. But it's then when I'm not going – if I was going around to all these events making coffee, I could easily explain to you the difference and show you and make you a good cup of coffee. But it's the – and that's why we've taken a long time and spent you know, the last six months, Nick and I, talking through how do we you – know, for a rep who's maybe not a coffee guy, how do we control that process so he delivers the best coffee experience to someone at an event – where right. it's done in the right way and controlled. Mm-hmm. But do you, I mean, do we grind the coffee before? Do we buy a grinder for the guy? So there's been so much stuff we've been working on. Like Nick right. said, you'll start seeing stuff drop very quickly. No, it's hopefully. the same thing with like guys, you know, somebody coming into, you know, a cigar shop and then giving him, you know, giving him something completely different out of his range of, of, of what he likes. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to, you can, it completely changes your experience. Um, and, you know, just, gr- I'm learning myself, you know, being in Nicaragua for, for so long, you know, it's the coffee culture there is, is really, you know, in the local market is really, you know, I think just now growing because mm-hmm. a lot of the local market is used to, you know, drinking locally a lot of the instance and whatnot because a lot of the great coffee is, you know, exported. Um, yeah. Kind of thing with the cigars so matagalpa where the wise man blend comes from i mean a lot of that there's a lot of farms there that you know they're direct with whole foods and and stuff like that um but the local market you know kind of difficult to uh so i'm even learning myself you know i'm, I'm a mocha pot guy and i've been doing that have it you know my setup in nicaragua but um you know just working with logan and learning you know it, it, it does completely change your experience um and experimenting with different coffees is, I think, key. So we just yep. want people to have the right experience, which is which is crucial. So it's great. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people, um, like, it seems like a lot of people think of themselves as, like, a coffee guy uh, mm. because they go to, I don't know, whatever their local coffee house is and get espresso there. But it's, it's kind of like cigars where there's only so much that you can learn when you're, when you're not knee-deep in it. Yeah, uh, and then once you start, you know, with the scale and the and the gooseneck pot and all that stuff, it's it's very similar to cigars. Where if you just go in and smoke a cigar once a month at the cigar shop, you're not going to have the same experience as like your palate's going to be different if you're smoking every day. If you're smoking different stuff all the time, right? It's <laughs> very true. I mean, you have more of a coffee culture though, too. Of you know, the mass scale of like cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a fantastic analogy. Then smoking a cigar and the ceremony of smoking a cigar, whereas you know the Dunkin' Donuts fix and the you know this and that, it's you know a habitual you know fill the need. Whereas when you get into it, it's really a craft. You know. Right. Yeah. You you may like coffee, but you're not getting the full experience unless you're 
you know, getting some yeah, crap I, made like this. I, I think what happens a lot of times, and the same with the cigar world sometimes, people get a little intimidated. You know what I mean? Like, um, especially from Logan, he's an intimidating guy. I can be a little aggressive. Okay, but, you know, <laughs> the level of, of experience and, you know, a lot of terminology, the words and this and that. So I think it's our job, you know, especially, too, in the cigar world and, and amongst the guys that have this knowledge is to make it accessible Great. for people to really expand their knowledge and, and grow, um, you know, where they – they feel comfortable and it's fun. It should be fun and it yeah. should be you know, a journey of, of learning. And, you know, for me, it never stops, especially with tobacco. Yeah. You know, if, once you think, you know, it's, that's where, that's when you're done and you, you, you don't grow and learn. Um, and to me, that process is exciting. So that's why the coffee, you know, it's been a part of my day, you know, on the production floor, looking at constantly, you know, within, you know there's a there's an internal discussion amongst the tobacco guys when you go to different tobacco houses who has the best coffee and you know which coffee <laughs> to kind of stay away from and and you know things like that um so it's uh it's great you know it's a fun fun process to be uh to be learning more about so it's been been exciting it's been good man so step by step next year i can tell you this at IPCPR, Nick will have proper electricity because I'm bringing the rain <laughs> coffee-wise next year. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole I'm excited. I want my uh, own station. My Mad Lab, you guys just keep the people no, away while I make stuff. I had no electricity. It was hilarious. It was ridiculous. This guy came up. He was duct taping to the back of the Oh, it was insane. Bar, like his it little was rig and the whole hookup. The power goes down once, and I like... You know, my you head started starts, yelling at me. I need a coffee. You turned off my reggae. I'm like, I'm like, listen, <laughs> you know, because it was such a build up to the show, and I was, was you stressful. know, a lot went into the booth this year. Of course, so I was like, oh man, the power went, the grid went down. I have a video of Logan off. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> of course, with two beautiful columns in front of our booth. You know, and he's off to the side. And got the whole brew station going on the side of a column. On the floor. On the floor. <laughs> the Alicia Cigar Vixen was over there. It was hilarious. And I came <laughs> over and uh, was trying to make up for it. And then Logan's yelling at me. Because you told me to get out of the booth. I, I was like, get out of here. You're like, get that crap out of here. And I said, well, Nick, how am I going to make coffee, sir? I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to solve this problem. And I was literally sitting over there. Coffee maker, grinder, big juggle. Like, dude, I even thought of, I'm like, how am I going to get water to this booth? So I bought a big five-gallon portable thing that John and Trip helped fill up every day. And then I yep. bought a filter. I had all this stuff laid out over there making coffee. Just dude, to serve but that's it. a tough job because you're the coffee guy. That's like the war in the morning. <laughs> You know, I am like a, I'm you like are, the abominable snowman when I wake you're up. You're a little cranky. Like, you're a little cranky. You know, I'm in another between worlds, you know. Oh, yeah. So, it's, uh, you know, I didn't get my coffee yet and the power was coming down. Oh, yeah. I got tech, you know, the <laughs> event didn't open until 10, Nick's at 9.15. Where are you? I need my coffee. Everybody needs their coffee. Well, and then, he's got to be there at 8. Uh, Nick's booth became the coffee stop for everyone. I mean, everyone like within Massa Fernandez, Illusion just swooped over, dude. I mean, it was everybody. It was a spot, man. But we're gonna do it. You think it was good last year? Next level, oh, 2018. Dude. I got. We got the next level. The next level. Everything. It's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. You're not invited. He's Logan. He's on my way. He's got to dress up as a coffee bean to serve the. Uh, that's what he's going to be. He's hey man, we sell twenty thousand bags. I'll dress up however you want, Nick. Uh, coffee, <laughs> coffee beans, fine. You should right, dress up mocha pot. Yeah, my my nemesis. Nah, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm dude. telling you, I'll teach you, man. I'll, we'll figure it out. It's too tough. It's too tough. All right, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, another episode of sharing our parents. This one was, we were all over the place, man. It was good it's, though. That's what happens when you, when you're when I'm drinking around. four cups of coffee that's on the you, show. 
get Melillo and Logan involved. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it was fun though. Like you know, Good. we like to keep it casual. Well, we don't we don't like it to be too structured. You gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta flow with it. Exactly. Make, Just roll with it. That's how we do. Uh, but thanks everybody for watching. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we didn't make it to some of the ads, but that's all right. I can go put them in post. You Facebook people are lucky that you're not gonna have to watch them. Um, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys out there. Uh, everybody in the armed forces out there doing things we're not built to do. Um, and with sharing our parents, we normally say we want you to drink better, but we want you to drink less. Um, but I mean, this is coffee. You can drink as much as you want. Yeah. Drink, drink as much as you want till you drop. Yeah. Drink till you drop. Let it rage, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>